0: Guys, Hi. Welcome
1: back to the podcast. How's everybody doing today? I'm
0: Dan, with. I bit Wally the other day, and he got mad
1: at me. I'm from New York. a blessing. Right. You talk Haha! <laughs> 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 yeah, Get Checking yes, in. Say so hi. A couple of friends with no class. <laughs> She's stealing people's laundry. She just does animals. And I said, sign me up. <laughs> and welcome back to a couple of friends with no class. I'm Jason. I'm here today with our first long-distance guest. I'm here with Amelia Kershaw. Amelia, how are you doing today? <laughs>
0: I am well. How are you, Jason?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Amelia is a very good friend from back home. Um, She has been the vice president and director of several of our drama club things um, back at high school. And overall, she's just a fantastic and very uh, generally dramatic individual. Amelia is here today because she has written a play and it was really cool. I helped with some of the tech stuff on it when we were performing it back in Massachusetts. It was really fun. Um, and it is still moving. It's still doing cool things. and has a promising future. So we'll be talking to Amelia today about the play and its process and its future prospects. It's good to have you here today.
0: Good to be here, Jason. I miss you.
1: <laughs> I miss you too. It's really cool to get to be talking to someone from home again. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So the play was uh, play is, still is, it's still going on. Plays are timeless. Uh, June in a parallel universe Uh, do you want to tell about a little bit of your inspiration when you're coming up with this show I understand it took you quite a long time to think up come up with
0: yeah absolutely um so the show took me about four years to write um it started as most ideas do just a little burst of inspiration probably at some ungodly hour of the night in my little notes app um thinking about June in a parallel universe just came into my head and then um After that, I had high school and I was in a creative writing class and we had to write a short story and I decided to use that as my prompt. Um, And I took inspiration from this place that I have been going to since I was a kid. It's called Block Island. It's in Rhode Island. Um, It's just this really small island um, with a really close knit community of people. And then in the summer, it just explodes with life. all different kinds of tourists and like it's very much like a hot spot for like you're like 20 somethings like <laughs> living their glory days type thing um but there's this really really strange feeling when it changes about right about like the last weekend of august into fall and it's like this kind of ghost town that starts to emerge um as winter comes along and we're just left with like the majority of it's like elderly people and then some other people and there's like a school there. And I remember when I was younger, I would always see like the high school that was there. And I was like, what is it like to live here year round and to feel that loneliness, but still have to like go to school here? Like, I wonder if it's fun or is it boring? What is it like? Um, So that's kind of where the inspiration came for the town of East Haven, which is a beach town. And that's the town where June grew up in and where the story takes place. And the story takes place in the autumn and winter, so that same kind of off-kilter feeling. And I wanted that to parallel uh um, how June is feeling on the inside. Um, I took a lot of inspiration from Block Island, and I also took a lot of inspiration from my own mental health and from the people who have
1: shaped my life, whether that be positively or negatively. And for context, this is Autumn and East Haven, the opening song of the show. There is a
0: time of the year the girls begin to smell like peppermint drops, and the boys white pine. The leaves are sacrificed to the wind in the sky, and the sun has long since begun its slumber. Here we wait, under the shade of the willow tree, for the answers to our empty questions, and to be relieved of the shadows that follow our. the story begins.
1: the uh, personal connections um I probably should have prefaced with this um but do you want to give a small synopsis on the the plot of the play to give the context to (laughs) yeah absolutely
0: um so June in a Pearl universe is a story about the darknesses that connect all of us and the lives that don't always get to be seen um it's kind of a little love letter to our minds that's how I like to describe it because it kind of always feels like we're at war with them instead of really hearing what they have to say. I feel like so often when we have intrusive thoughts or things like that, we try to push them to the side instead of giving them like the light of what they're trying to do. Um, so yeah, the story kind of follows June. Um, she is a mixed media artist. Um, she's a sophomore in high school, and she struggles with anxiety and depression. Um, and to cope with that she thinks about what life would be like if she was a parallel universe version of herself of get to see this ideal version of herself portrayed and built on stage in front of us. Um, The ensemble represents the intrusive thoughts inside of June's head but also and the other characters heads as we experience their own personal darknesses. a story about the idea that we are all connected by our own darkness, but we have to all work together to find the light. We're not alone as much as we may feel that we are. And it's also a story about love and about how society really only views love as valid in one form. And there's such a pressure on young people to fulfill these standards, whether that be like, in terms of our bodies or our minds or our spirits. Um, and it's kind of a rejection
1: of all of those ideals. So in regards to the, the planning process that it took to get to the point where we were able to perform it, um, what were some like parts of, you, see, you know, started as a creative writing assignment, but I'm sure there's other parts to get up to the stage.
0: Yeah, um, it took it t- <laughs> a lot out of me. I am um, a perfectionist to my core and I'm working on dismantling that for myself it began again as a short story and then i was just taking violin lessons for some reason at this point <laughs> and yeah, i it was cool. like yeah was like freshman year i was cuz i've always off topic i've always loved string instruments like that like violin or cello my dream is to someday play the cello but we'll see um so yeah i was just playing violin and my violin teacher andrew i was talking to him cuz he was always really nice and we just talk about what was going on in my life and i was like yeah i just wrote this short story um, and I explained it to him. And he said, that sounds like a really good idea for a musical, because he knew that I was like a musician. And that's like, you know, what I like to do. And I was like, wow, that's a really great idea. <laughs> and then that's what started it. That was the initial spark of the musical. I went home and it just kind of came out of me. It, it was one of those like, really beautiful moments as a writer where things just click for you it felt like it was something that had been living in my brain for so long because I'd been there in that place and I had also been June I've been June before and I know what it feels like I am June right now (laughs) um but yeah so after that I, I started writing some songs the ones that like immediately came to me I would say were Stone Beach Ground. cold.
1: It's the underground. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When come true and stories are told of the uh-huh. get out. But just something about the
0: were kind of the first ones that came out as well as um the opening song autumn and east haven because it kind of paint i wanted to paint the world of what this place is for june specifically Um, so one of the challenges for me though was allowing myself to work at my own pace because I am always somebody like my dad always says like you always wanted to have things before you could have them like you always wanted a job before you could have a job or a license before you could have a license I think it's because I'm always reaching for something that will make things feel new and so I I was I was constantly reaching and I think that that benefited me because my ambition allowed me to continue on this project for as long as I did
1: um because I mean I'll like say like I know projects sometimes be hard and daunting when you look at them like such a big product as an entire play the fact you're able to do that over the course of so many years and it's like such a self-reflective thing upon you too I feel like that's that's exactly what you're just saying like it, it's looking for something more
0: but it was definitely a struggle to allow myself to rework things because I don't have to be perfect the first try and that's kind of what led me to realize that I am sort of healing on my own through writing this because I'm writing about June somebody who's very similar to me who faces similar things as I do and how she was able to realize that she doesn't have to be perfect I mean she doesn't have to be like perfect to be perfect if that makes sense like she is perfect as she is
1: yeah I get you I think it's interesting to be able to make a character that's so self-reflective like you have I mean it's you so you have a constant source of like what this character would do and you're able to Think about what the character would do in their decisions because they're your own decisions. They're um they're what you think because you are the physical embodiment of June. Um, do you want to take it forward to senior year now?
0: Yeah, so then for my senior project, so now we're fast-forwarding a few years. Um, I finished it as my senior project in the storage closet of my high school, um, which I always like to say because my mom learned how to write code in the storage closet. And I wrote my first musical in the storage closet. Hmm. So that's, cool. that's a little heirloom, little, a little storage closet passed down like an heirloom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and I don't know how it happened. It was a lot of like stress, but I somehow did it. And it was so amazing to write the last sentence and be like, "I this is, a, this is 80 pages of something that I've been working on since I was like 14. And now it's a real thing.
1: And considering that you're 19 now, that's five years of hard work and quality writing, I'm sure.
0: Um, And it was just amazing to see it come to life with um, the people who I love the most in this world being a part of it.
1: Yeah, that's really well said. Good there. Um, I kind of bounced off exactly what you just said. What was, was there a point in like rehearsals or doing the show when you're like, that's it. That's what, like, I I phrased as biggest win, coolest thing, but like, <laughs> Like, that was awesome. That's exactly how I described it. That was really cool.
0: The yeah, way. like a moment where it was like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say... the hmm, There's so many wonderful moments. Can I, I give a couple a few. moments? Yeah, yeah
1: you, can do, you can do a few. <laughs>
0: um, the moment of auditions where Rosie came in and they sang their audition song and then I gave them an adjustment, as did Ashley, and they did it again and they had such this insane level of vulnerability and I was like that's our winter I know it and it was the first time because I had only seen winter in my brain as one thing and when I saw them play winter I said oh my god winter is so much bigger than what exists in my brain and just collaborating with them was that moment for me one of those moments it was beautiful um another moment was um, just the first rehearsal when we sang through Autumn and East Haven and I got to hear like my harmonies sung by a whole group of people. I wanted to cry because I was just so thankful, you know, and even, and even the little moments like and being in the Wendy's parking lot after a show and like having these people hug me and know that they love me and that they're here to protect me and that even though they shout horrible things at me in this show that they don't think that. I, I've never really felt more supported in my whole life by a group of people who, who really just came out of the woodworks from all these little veins, like from my life. And somehow all, I'm just so like blessed and grateful that the universe put us all together for that one moment to create something together.
1: What did you say like was like, maybe I touched on a little bit in one of your past questions, like your biggest challenge in doing all this, like what was like the biggest hill you knew you're you gonna have to climb?
0: Yeah, um, it's actually a hill that I didn't know I had to climb until I was in it. Um, because I, I thought that playing June would be incredibly cathartic for me, because I could let go of these feelings inside of my head, um, and write, because because writing it was so cathartic, to, to have a, like this metaphorical way to explain my inner brain space. I know Jason and I talk a lot about <laughs> brain spaces and mind spaces, and actually I want, I want to talk about that for a second, like mind spaces, and I think Part of our job as artists, Jason, I mean, Jason is also an artist. You're an artist in a different way than I'm an artist. But Mm -hmm. I feel like both of our our purposes are to illustrate mind spaces in a physical way. To, like, physicalize mind spaces. And mind spaces, that means, like, the inner workings of your brain and what you view that as, you know?
1: Yeah, I totally get that. Like, sometimes the hardest part of making something is taking what you see in your head and then making it into something that's actually viewable because like sometimes like you might not have the right materials or like know how to like make something move in a certain way and like you know with me my video things like I see like a certain animation or transition in my head and I say okay like I think it can work like this and then when I get there it's like there's not a button for that that I can just press to make it happen so I have to build it together like I made this Marvel intro for the high school's news one time and I don't even remember how I did it um like I'm looking at it now and I'm like, I don't know how I did this guy. Evidently I jerry-rigged some sort of transition setup to make it work. And I don't even know what it was. So if I tried to make it again, I would probably do it entirely differently. Um, now being able to see what I was able to do then and what I've gained in abilities now, um, like it would just be an entirely different thing. I'm trying to turn what's in my head into something real. Like you just said, I know I manifest the inner enigmas and things in my mind, to like a room that I can like, store information and memories in which I can like go to as if like, I place of like peace and thought and stuff. And I think that's like an interesting thing. That's something I can like hold close to me. And that's not affected by the outside world that can just go in there. Um, if I need a minute or if I need to like, you know, like I'm asleep or something and just, you know, work through things at my own pace and get my ideas in order. And I think that's, that's really valuable to be able to use your mind in such a way that you can really have something for yourself, but then also be able to use it to create things for others.
0: And for me, I call mine like colors and shapes and blobs. And I I remember colors and shapes and
1: blobs. I remember that. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, because that's what that's because I, I made this joke to my friends the other day, because sometimes when I'm teaching the musical, I'm always like, oh my God, I'm speaking in riddles again, (laughs) because I, I, I say it as there's colors and shapes and blobs in my head. And then I have to distill that into poetry. And then from the poetry, I have to make sense of it because that's just how my brain works. Like it doesn't go to a distinct, like succinct way of expressing a feeling. It's very abstract. Um, So yeah, I don't even know how we got here, but challenge. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, mind spaces. So physicalizing this mind space was really difficult for me because I, I was learning a lot about my own depression. Like I was diagnosed finally with depression and anxiety and um, kind of in the process of trying to start medication for it. So my brain was already like (laughs) everywhere. And then having to wear the three hats of writer, actor, and music director was very challenging for me um, with anxiety and stuff like that. But also having to, again, there was that double-edged sort of like the people I love the most in this world being a part of this project, but also them being the people to tell me that tell me all of these horrible things that have been in my head for so long. Um, it was really about like self-care and mental health. That was the biggest challenge for me. And also just like not getting overwhelmed. So, but I, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And after coming to acting school, even just for the first semester, I've already learned some really great tactics on how to avoid that same thing. So I'm really excited. To if you know, we put on a physical like version of the show again to step into that role with a more safe approach,
1: yeah, that's great. Um, oh, yes, no, so that so you know, obviously, we had um, all this, all that culminated into we did um, a show in like the end of August, no, end of the night before August, end of July. <laughs> yes. I was looking at my calendar before this, is why I stumbled there, but so we ended <laughs> yeah. up doing the Junipale universe is a uh, two night thing end of um july um like anyway but in, in a in a very un- unanticipated location when we first started planning it i know i was as a i did lighting for the show um mm-hmm. so that's why I, I was kind of funny as i'm asking these questions i know the answer to the, a lot of them but i'm asking them for the good of the podcast listeners um that um in the beginning we were planning on doing it at our high school and that didn't end up panning out because we're going to use the high school's auditorium during the summertime to put on the show that we were rehearsing um outside the school because um, we knew we were more familiar through drama club and things with the facilities of the high school and what kind of props and like the way the wings and this you know sound and lights work just to make it an easier process to not be entering into a foreign space to do this in the first place um but then it ended up but that, that did not end up happening um do you want to say mm-hmm. anything on that
0: yeah um it's funny because you do not realize how difficult things are to coordinate until you're coordinating them yeah and something that frustrates me a lot about um specifically our like school system is or or just young people in school systems is that we get told no so often we get told this isn't possible or you can't do this because there are these rules and i understand rules and I'm, i'm not trying to say fuck authority i'm saying like give us some willow room bitch like we you know we were trying i had met with um a head custodian and my mom and also the principal at the time and it just didn't look like it was going to work out in a way that was feasible for us and like possible with the budget that we had set we we're just out of the magic of community theater and connections we were able to do it on mockingbird music which coincidentally is the same studio where I got the idea to do the show, where I got my violin lessons for the first time. So that was, and yeah, full circle. That was another universe moment. Um, and I'm really grateful that we got to be in that space. Mark Deluzio is just like so wonderful and kind. And, and I just, we wouldn't have been able to do it without him. And we were kind of stumbling for like, are we going to have to do this in my backyard? <laughs> are we not going to have a space?
1: Because like, I'd never heard of Mockingbird music before... We had done the show and I went there. I was giving you an address by somebody, maybe even your mom, um, and to go to this place and ask for a certain person to look at their lighting equipment. And it was just kind of an interesting experience because I show up at this place and I'm like, hello, may I look at your lights? And that was pretty cool. Um, so, like, I looked at that board. I don't think I used it for the show in the right way. I'd use it the Jason way and that worked out just fine.
0: Yeah. So, th- that was the difficulty of it, you know, not knowing where we're going to yeah. be, but. I think we ended up in the perfect place, to be honest. And we sold out both nights. Like, it was it was that amazing. Was
1: and we, and yeah. we had some live stream viewers. Yeah, yes, we did.
0: Yeah. Live stream yes, was awful, did.
1: but the wi- Wi-Fi was not nice. But people but, were like, there. People were there. <laughs> people showed up, so. I know. I'm, and I was thinking, I didn't, I didn't realize this until right just now. I'm glad we didn't do it in your backyard. I'm trying to remember if it was one of the tech week rehearsal nights or one of the, during one of the nights of the show when it absolutely poured, like, bullets on the roof of the oh building. Oh, my God.
0: Can you imagine? Until,
1: yeah, I didn't realize that until right just now. That, I, I don't think, I'm not if that was a show night or not. The lights were off, I know that, because we were practicing something. But I'm not if that was a show night. No, because if, if it was a show night, we wouldn't have gone to Wendy's. It would be too wet. So it was, it was definitely during... Well, we, tech- we
0: did, though. It might have, I don't know. But I, I know there were times where it was wet, and we still went. I think yeah. it was like a cast time. But, yeah, I we are very lucky.
1: It, one night it poured, and it was not good. <laughs> yes, it was crazy. We would rehearse in my garage. Yeah, just like a lot of like those like big companies like Apple and Microsoft, this all started after Amelia had wrote it and everything in her garage. We had a table read like Charlie Brown Thanksgiving style with like a bunch of different tables and chairs that did not match other chairs. One of them was like a bench that we had taken like from her basement. It's ridiculous. But then we did the first few rehearsals were at Amelia's house. We did it in her garage, did it like in her backyard using like, you know, various outlets to plug in a piano and Jerry rigging like, a live stream set up for people who could not be there, like using like the peripherals of Amelia's Wi-Fi. Like I was bringing like fifty foot Ethernet cables to run Wi-Fi out to her garage, and we were just doing all sorts of different things, like in all sorts of different weather. It was it was ridiculous sometimes, um, you know, doing like you know those ones weren't you know just you know only a little bit into the night. Once we got to Mockingbird Music, we were doing tech weeks until eleven p.m. at night. And then sometimes going to Wendy's, like Amelia just said, but like we were a group of committed individuals just wanting to see this project go through. It's like it was Amelia's idea originally, but once we all kind of got in on it, it was it was really a project for the group and we all wanted to see it succeed.
0: Yeah, but like that's and what you have to do.
1: That's what I learned. Like, Sounds it like to be a little weird, a little outlandish a little far-fetched just to make something beautiful work. And some people we had worked with in the past were not comfortable enough to take a risk like that to do that.
0: It was kind of, this moment was kind of, I don't want to say a big F you to these people because that's not why we did it.
1: Because a big part of this show was just like taking the risk on trying something very new and very different, especially a show that was happening during pandemic requirements and stuff. But a small sliver of it
0: was like a reclamation of what we can do and what we were told no and the ability to kind of be the leaders of this company of for love and music and, and theater nerds doing stuff and create this together and like really use our brains. And like this time there was nobody saying we can't do this because they were saying, yes, we can do this. Let's just figure out how.
1: And you already kind of touched on this and what you just said, but like, I, I like how like you were inspired by what you had done at the school And they're able to move forward from that into creating like your own, like, like you mentioned, like corporations, like feeder nerds doing stuff or for love and music and be able to like work with those, those mediums to create something else that will like, is more catered to like what your high and higher ambitions are. And I think that's, that's cool too.
0: It was so powerful. And Jason, I'm sure. How did you feel the same way? Like I'm kind of like just feeling like I am in control of this right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, another thing that kind of went, I think I went with that feeling too, is that this was something that, you came up with, and so it had never been performed before. So, like right. we were able to give like our own interpretations to. I mean, I say us as an I was doing legends. So I guess the kind of kind of But too. Yes, was, you're painting. Yeah. You're painting yeah. colors yeah, and worlds. Absolutely. Um, but then they were be able to like be like, you know, hey, you know, I think I'm gonna play, I think I'm gonna play this character like this. Like you mentioned like with Rosie and how they interpreted their character. Like you know, like yeah. take this character. You know, here's your here's your adjectives that go with this character in the script, and then make that into an actual person right. that the next group of people who do it, which we'll get to in a second, um, will <laughs> look at to then create their interpretation of the character. I know, like yeah. we camp with for like your lights and colors thing as part of the show. Um, that like using flashlights instead of the um overhead lights for the the stage. And that was, you know, able to give a little bit more, a little more movement in the light, a little more creativity. And that was pretty fun too. I know I thought about I'm like, hey class, what about flashlights? And I was like, yes
0: Flashlight. oh my god and Jason Jason I have to tell you I was watching this video about this is a little off topic podcast but I think it's important <laughs> we were uh, watching this video about lighting design about all these different like designs and somebody described it as I am a half painter half sculptor when I'm a lighting designer and like just these things I was just thinking of you during it because people so often neglect how important lighting design is and like after watching that video, I just learned so much about it. So, like, thank you for making that happen in, like, such a, like, the nick of time. Like, I don't know how you did
1: that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we made it for the first time. Great interpretation from the first cast and crew. But now, you're moving forward in your uh, college life, college environment. <laughs> yeah. And now, Junior Apparel Universe, not the se- not the sequel, but Junior Parallel Universe 2 is well <laughs> in the works. <laughs> you want to talk about that? I would love to. I'm so excited.
0: Um, I am doing a cast recording, the first original cast recording of June in the Universe. Um, it'll be up in Spotify early next year in the first couple months. Um, I am so excited about this. I am freaking out and I can't wait to talk about it. Okay. So I got here and I'm a very, I'm just like always in the mind space of what can I do right now? like. I always like to say the way that I adjust to new places is doing everything all at once and then overwhelming myself, but this is a good overwhelming. I had talked about that, you know, like when you're introducing yourself in college and they're like, what's a fun fact about you? My fun fact was I wrote a musical and everyone was like, oh my God, tell me about this musical that you wrote. So I gave a little description. I was like, ooh, we will get the buzz going. People will hear about it. And then somebody who now is my best friend here was like text me and he was like hey send me everything (laughs) about your musical so I sent him the whole show he was the first one I think to watch the entirety of it and he was obsessed with it and told his friends and then other people were hearing about it and I was like you know what maybe this is the time maybe this is what we need right now um so we had just a rough a rough little get together to sing through it everybody loved it and wanted to do more so I realized, hey, I can't coordinate this on my own. So I reached out to, (laughs) plot twist, Rosie Conglin, who is also now at University of the Arts. Um, Coincidentally, they decided that they wanted to come here after being able to play Winter and realizing that maybe they wanted to make costumes the same way that Winter does. And I think that's, I'm so happy that something I wrote could have that kind of impact on somebody because I truly feel like they're finding themselves here. But that's besides the point. So they're producing it. And my friend Sydney Taper is co-producing and she's wonderful as well. Um, So we just got started and we've had rehearsals since probably the beginning of October. And we just had our last vocal rehearsal yesterday. And after Thanksgiving break is our first week of recording. Um, We have some really lovely sound engineers. We have um, Mikey Seidel, I believe you say it that way, and Nolan Berry. Both of them are incredible. Um, They're really excited to get started on the project. And it's just like a beautiful group of humans um, who are here to tell the story. And it is insane to hear like semi-professionals working on this. Like I say semi-professionals because we're just getting to college. But like seeing people who are deciding to devote their lives to theater sing my music and give their thoughts and just get to play in rehearsal like we were were doing a lot of like creating I'm creating a lot of new harmonies on the spot and like that's been really fun for my brain to kind of puzzle together um and it's just been a really beautiful and collaborative space and my I the first rehearsal my friend Fern walked up to me and they were like hey I've already started scoring this So now they're scoring the entire musical. So we'll have sheet music for it that hopefully we'll be able to put out. So if people want to use it for audition songs too, they can use it. Um, So it's just like this beautiful group of people who are like choosing out of the kindness of their hearts to come here. And somebody said, I think it might've been Gio who said, Amelia, you somehow got all of these people who you just met to come be a part of this project they just heard about. And I was like, yeah, I have no idea how (laughs) that happened. So I'm just really thankful that this is happening and that we're going to get started we're going to have a band we're going to have lots of instruments um so stay tuned for that it's going to be really cool it's going to be on spotify
1: and um apple music and wherever else you listen to music so nice i can link it to the podcast when it comes out I'll slap a link yeah in the description. perfect um I had a thought i was gonna say oh genuine question for me not even on my list just thought i was genuinely having <laughs> after seeing you guys doing your thing where are you rehearsing We are rehearsing
0: in Terra Hall, which is the University of the Arts main building. So they have, Jason, you wouldn't even believe, they have like so many baby grand pianos in this, like per, like every room. Like, and to put this into perspective, we had to write a grant for our high school to get one digital baby grand piano, which I love Grandy, she's great. It was a struggle, but I walk in here, Jason, and there are grand pianos on, so many floors of grand pianos and i so a little thing for the podcast i'm like in love with pianos i love pianos um and and the rooms the spaces are amazing it's crazy and you would love like there's all these rooms for like film stuff there's like a whole floor for like you should come visit sometime i'll show you that's kind of off topic
1: but yeah so i know you mentioned to me because occasionally we text about these things Um, that there are some other colleges or college opportunities that have arisen.
0: Yeah, um, none of this is set in stone at all. This is just a very, like, recent thing. Absolutely. But, yeah, I have kind of been talking to people about possibly getting parallel Universe done by other schools in the area in, like, a um, student-run way. Um, There are some student-run companies in other schools nearby. Um, So none of that's set in stone, but I think that's probably the next step for us is outreaching, um, figuring that out. Um, And yeah, I've I've made some really cool connections being here and um, I've heard a lot about um, just some cool workshops and stuff. So I'm just, I'm gonna try to bring June as far as I can. Um, There's some cool workshops in New York that I might try to apply for. Um, And in the meantime, keep working on it here. Um, Possibly we're considering a student run version of it this next semester, the spring semester but we might be too busy for that. So it's all about um, who gets cast in our season, like our professional main stage season here. Um, but there's there's a future for June. I'm excited to see where she goes, so yeah.
1: yeah. That actually leads right into my next question, surprisingly. Um, like how far are you hoping or how far do you think June will go in the end? Like over a long period of time, but like where, where do you see June in, in a few years time?
0: Where, is it where I'm hoping or where I see it?
1: Um, like, where do you, and then where how where do you see it in a few years' time, and how far do you hope it will go?
0: Yeah. So I guess I don't know. The answer is I don't know, <laughs> because what I, I mean, we all know in the theater business, a lot of it is connections. I'm really lucky to know the people that I, that I know who have been, like, happy to collaborate on this with me. Um, my hope would be for, like, I mean, obviously my hope is for it to, like, Broadway could be really cool, um, I mean, I, I, but I'm not trying to get my hopes up on that, because I know it's really hard, but I'm definitely, I think after the cast recording comes out, promoting that cast recording on social media, um, I know, like, TikTok has been a way to get things really popular right away, I'm not super, like, a big fan of TikTok, but that's a whole other story, and we don't even have to put that in if we want, don't want to, but whatever, um, I, promoting it as much as we can on whatever platforms that we can. Um, next couple years, I'm seeing it hopefully be a part of our Polyphone Festival, which is a festival of new musicals that happens at our school every spring semester. They pick a few musicals um, that are either written by professional playwrights in like the New York area or anywhere, or um, UART students. Um, it's, it's more typical that they would pick from playwrights, but there have been UART students that have been selected. Um, I did submit June this year. I haven't heard anything back, but there's still like a small amount of hope, but I'm not holding on too much hope for this um, year. But my goal is to continue to submit it every year, just making my application stronger and stronger as in next year, I'll be like, we have a whole cast recording and here's all the sheet music and here's a better version of the parts and everything like that, a more revised version of the script. So that that seems like a, a reach, but definitely a reasonable goal where I am. And I think kind of seeing where it goes in terms of inviting student-run companies, um, to put it on. I'll I'll probably reach out to different student-run companies at at big theater schools and see if it's something that they would be interested in, um, but I just want to make sure that the story gets told correctly, um, that's, like, a really important thing for me, um, especially because we have a non-binary character in the story, and I want to make sure that, that role, well, that role has to be played by a non-binary person, but al- also that there is a gender non-conforming person who is a part of the main production team, because I feel strongly that we're not going to be able to tell Winter's story directly and clearly and correctly if there's only one part, if, the if like, the one gender non-conforming person in the cast is Winter and has to go through that alone and has to, like, explain themselves. I, I want to try to cultivate, like, an environment of inclusivity and equality for all people. And the whole point of Winter's story is that Winter knows who they are, you know, and they're not trying to convince anybody. So I wanna make sure that wherever this goes, whether that be my backyard or Broadway, it's told the correct way with the support that each person needs to make sure that their story is told.
1: That's cool. That's a solid statement I like that sentence, that was really nice. Yeah, so that's the only thing I had on my list. I that was this was great I really enjoyed this conversation it's really fun um so obviously you mentioned that it'll be uh June of Parallel Universe cast recording will be out in time on Spotify so people can catch it there and I'll I can put that in the uh in the uh description of the podcast yeah um obviously if you want looking for stuff about the progress of June uh where can they find you online
0: um you can follow our Instagram at June in a Parallel Universe To get more information on our rehearsals when the cast recording is coming out and just really any other information surrounding the show
1: yeah all right yeah um yes i mean juniper universe fantastic it's going places it took a lot of people to get here obviously yes so so
0: many um yeah i want to thank anybody who has ever like read this for me gone through it workshopped lines even just heard me ramble about it in a class or during lunch or just really anybody who has lended any of their spirit towards this show, um, thank you. And, and specifically, I want to thank um, our production team for the the um, the production that we did back in the summer, especially Ashley Government, our director. Um, she is one of the most inspiring artists I've ever encountered, and I was so grateful for her taking the time to come to Massachusetts and do this with us. Um, I also want to thank um, the people who have been in my life since I started theater. Um, I had people come from my summer camp, which is where I had my first um, musical that I did ever, so thank you all of those people (laughs) for, thank you to all of those people for coming and Lending their hearts and their light to the show. And thank you to Mama K and Papa K for um your help and support. Thank you um, to Rosie for all of your wonderful organizational skills and for obviously everything else. Um and and also thank you to oh my god, you've never heard of this person before, the wonderful Jason Cull. Um, for always being there, for always bringing the ethernet cable and knowing what to do. Um, we're so grateful and we would not have been able to do this without you. Oh, and to Mark Deluzio, obviously, and to my violin teacher and to, there's so many people, but thank you. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. So they, that's, that's, that's the podcast. That is the, se- that is the end of season one. A couple of friends in no class. Hope you guys enjoyed the whole process along the way of 10 different podcasts on very different topics. We've had a lot of support along the way. I want to thank everyone who's been listening to it, who's been, you know, we've had people reach out. Great, thank you. We appreciate everyone who's uh, enjoyed us along the way. As well as all the fantastic people who have been on the podcast itself along the way, providing all their interesting perspectives and thoughts. That was awesome. You guys are really what keeps the podcast going. Hopefully we have some more great guests in season two. So want I also, because is my last podcast of the year, Say happy holidays, happy new year, all those different holidays in between to you all. And we will see you all sometime next year when we get some podcasts recorded because Christmas vacation might get difficult for recording podcasts. So we will see when a couple of friends in no class will return, but hopefully it will. And we will see you then. Thank you again to Amelia for coming along today and helping us finish out the season from our first Zoom-based podcast. Uh, hopefully the audio will be nice on that we have a lot of stuff to record it with today as you know we always do at the show all right great anything else you want to say before we go well
0: just thank you for having me no problem
1: anytime all right guys we will see you later bye How's everybody doing today? I'm
0: Dan, welcome. I bit Wally the other day and he got mad at me. I'm from New York. That's
1: the best thing. We do top black things. ha, get
0: breaker. Yeah, Jackie, say hi. Hi. Why did you look so
1: seductive? <laughs> We're cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly overwhelming. It's <laughs> haunting! It's
0: haunting! Indian noise. No!
1: Not sure! A couple of friends with no class. <laughs> She's dealing with people's laundry. She just does animals. Nice couple of friends of no class will return in twenty twenty-two. <laughs>